Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and all parrots named Polly who'd like a drink with those dry crackers. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you know what that means? It's Tea with BBP. Live from the Michigan State University campus, it's me, your host, BBP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, international superstar and diva of <laughs> SLA. With me, my co-host, the Regis Philbin and Kathy Lee, the Kramer and Walter Hopkins. Please say hi to our audience out there. <laughs> oh. What do you mean, one of these? What well, is this? Well, you know, say hi. hi. Want, he apparently wants some new Hello. co-hosts, because I don't think Regis or Kathy Lee are, are left on that show. <laughs> so. oh, well, you know. I know something about pop culture. Wow. Oh it's my no gosh, longer the Regis and Kathy man. Lee show. I'm at, well, who's on it now? Oh, you had to ask. I don't know. It's like <laughs> Kelly, isn't it? Kelly. And uh, and, the, and the mail changes like every two months because yeah, so nobody know. can stand work with her, I, I guess. Know. I don't know what the problem is with Kelly. Kelly and someone else. Yeah, always some tall guy. So just Kelly and the tall guy. That's what they should call the show now. <laughs> Kelly and the tall guy. <laughs> Speaking of TV, I have to tell you all, you know, when I, I don't always just sit around and work. Sure. Hmm. You know, I don't. I, I, and I have gotten hooked on this TV show. You want to know what it's called? No. I do. The Real O'Neills. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. It's an ABC show that started this spring. It was a replacement show, but they renewed it for this. You guys have got to watch this show. I don't know why I love it so much. It is so, The Real O'Neills. Martha Plimpton, who is an actress I've always liked, uh, plays the mother. And then there's this new actor, uh, Noel Galvin, who plays the middle kid. There's three kids, and, and then Martha Plimpton and her husband. Oh my God, the, I just, I, every, every episode just makes me laugh. I watched some of the episodes like 10 times already. They make me laugh so hard. So everybody watch The Real O'Neills. I've made a it. deal with myself in the past that anything that Bill recommends, I have to be sure that I don't ever watch. So. Just don't watch it in front of your kids, that's oh, okay. all. No, no, because it's got adult content in it. So, But no, it's really, I just, and if you grew up Catholic the way I did, then it's even funnier because it's about an Irish Catholic family in Chicago with all their little secrets come out. It's really fun. I love it. It's great. And you'll love this kid, Noah Galvin. He's a great actor. All right. Well, what are we doing today? My God. Can you believe? I just realized this is September 9th, 8th. Not what day is this? What day is it? 9th. Today the 9th? Eight. Oh, no, no, no. That's no, because tomorrow is 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9. 9. Today's the 8th. Who are you? That guy who ran for president four years ago? The 999 guy? What's his name? I don't even remember his name. What? Remember that guy who had no. his plan 999 or something like that? The pizza guy. Who ran for president? Oh, uh, Herman Cain. Oh my God, you do follow things. Look at that, Walter. Well, I didn't know See, I knew who it was. I wanted to see if I could coax it out of him. <laughs> this is like TPRS. I'm circling and trying to get you to <laughs> to do that. No. I remember a pizza guy ran for president, but I don't remember anything about a nine 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 nine. No, just a nine nine nine. That was his plan, anyway. All right. No. Okay. I don't want to talk about politics. I'm so depressed no, right now. Talk no, we don't talk about politics on the show. We talk about fun stuff. We talk about fun stuff. Well, today we have a great show. We have a great topic. Dun, Our dun, topic dun. is about textbooks. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, I want to remind everybody that we no longer do our SLA challenge quiz. We have instead what, guys? What do we have instead of a quiz? We have a challenge question. Question. There you go. Yes, we have the challenge question. In a few minutes, I'll give everybody the challenge question, and the first person to make it to the phones and answers correctly will win a prize. Everybody, go ding, 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 ding. Yeah, see, there we go. Still working on those sound effects. The same. We also have the diva challenge question. We no longer have our diva challenge quiz. We have a diva challenge question. You'll get that question at some point during the show. You call in. You're the first person to make it to the phones with Dustin. And um, you will answer correctly and get a prize. 
We hope. And if, what? What? We hope they'll answer correctly. Well, of course, that. that's why we give it to them ahead of time so they can research it because that's what they do anyway. But I thought you told them last week they shouldn't go Google it. Well, they do anyway, and they talk <laughs> to each other on Mixler, and they're on the phone with each other, and who knows what. I'm a rule follower. I'm sorry. Me too. I'm German. <laughs> I'm a rebel. Okay. Anyway. And of course, we have Angelica's quote of the week. Yeah. We have a good quote this week, right? We do, yeah. Awesome. And we have Walter's read of the week. Read of the week. That's coming up later. Read, say read of the week real fast five times. Read of the week. 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 Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay. If you want to call into our show today, the number is 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Dustin, again, is on the phone lines waiting for you to call in. Uh, you can tweet us at T with BBP, or you can be on Mixler with Angelica, who's monitoring that on her handy-dandy, fancy little laptop computer there. And uh, But you remember, as we always like to say, if you don't call us, it means you don't love us. We know some of you are working. You can't call, but we know some of you are out there lurking around in Mixler. We know you're listening to us, so we want you to call in. This is a call-in talk show. Again, what's the number, you guys? Angelica, what's the number? 517-884-4321. Excellent. Okay, so before I talk about the topic for today, can I talk about our October anniversary contest? Yeah. October oh, yes, because remember, uh, what's our anniversary is October 15th. Remember that? So we will complete one year <laughs> of Tea with BVP on October 15th. Yes, yes, I remember the day very clearly. Um, what was our topic for the very first show? I don't know. You think I, I can't even remember last week. What was our topic? <laughs> well, anyway. So, um, yeah. So Can you tell us about Alice moments, please? Oh, <laughs> you're giving me an Alice moment right now. I'm having an Alice moment <laughs> below the waist right now. Let me tell you right now. Okay. So uh, <laughs> October 15th is our first Excuse year you. anniversary. It's our first year anniversary. For those of you who are wondering out there, we are registered at Neiman Marcus in the Somerset <laughs> shops of Troy, Michigan. <laughs> what is that? But in lieu of gift, in lieu of a gift, you can instead participate in our first ever Diva Lip Sync Contest. What? Yeah, we have a Diva Lip Sync Contest. In fact, we are going to be giving two prizes for anniversary. Um, we have one prize that goes to, a, these have to be videos, by the way. There's going to be a video contest that you upload and send in. Uh, we will post on our website by next week all the little things you got to do. We call the rules and regulations to do it. So the one prize will go to someone who lip syncs to a famous diva. So you can actually just put a record on or put a song on and uh, lip sync it and we'll look at it. Did um, you ever know that you're my hero? But you're oh, not I know I'm your hero. Singing. I know, but I, know. I couldn't I know. lip sync yeah, and then people true. hear that's me. That's very so. true. That's yeah, very true. Good I know. Point. This is this is called radio, Walter. Yeah. It's like, you know. <laughs> 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 And then the other prize, because the first prize you can lip sync to a diva. Okay, the second prize goes to someone who, ready for this? Here it goes. Tell us. Downloads one of our shows and lip syncs to me. Oh, my God. Talking on the air. Okay? And yeah, so, because <laughs> that's the other diva. So you can lip sync to a diva who's singing a song, or you can lip sync to me. Okay, is this limited in time? Yes, we'll put all that up. It's not going to be a big, okay. long, five-minute thing. Or something. It'll be a very short the thing. The whole episode. They must no, it'll be do. a very <laughs> short thing, very <laughs> short torture. thing. Um, in fact, I recommend people, what I think people should do is pick their favorite ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs opening, all the way up to, Ooh, you, at the, yeah. you know, like the first minute of the show, and try to lip sync one of those, and we'll pick the best one of those. I, that's what I would recommend people do. But we'll put, the, we'll put the rules up for people on the website. So remember, everybody out there, it's the, li the Diva Lip Sync Contest. Um, there's going to be two prizes. One if you lip sync to a diva diva, and one if you lip sync to me. 
And there probably are videos of me out there singing, but I'm not going to tell you where to find those. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and we'll have the rules up and when the deadlines are and all that kind of stuff. So go to our website this next week um, and find that information. You have plenty of time. We're going to give everybody at least a month to put their videos nice. together. Yeah. Um, and the first episode, the topic was the state of language teaching. Oh, my gosh. Which is interesting is that sort of ties into our topic today. What's our topic today? Anybody remember? Textbooks. Yeah, teaching without textbook. That's our topic today, teaching without textbooks. Um, we would like to know if any of you out there have had experience teaching without a textbook, and if so, how you did it, if you're doing it now, if you're going to continue doing it, what the problems have been, what the joys have been. We want to know anything about teaching without a textbook. Um, I taught a course last semester without a text. I loved doing it. And Walter and I are working on making our fourth semester Spanish course, our, it's called Spanish 202 here, a textbook-less course beginning next semester. Um, assuming we get our act together and get everything up online. But yes, we're going to make a textbook-less fourth semester course. And I regularly do demos when I do workshops and things. I, do, I show people how to teach without a, without a text. Now, some of you out there might wonder why I'm bringing up this topic, why I want to talk about teaching without textbooks. Well, largely because I believe, and I know I'm going to get hate mail on this, so just don't bother to send me hate mail, um, because I believe that textbooks in their current form are largely anti-communicative in anti-proficiency. Uh, probably anti is hard, is probably that's Cuts a little strong, but they're, I would say they're non-communicative and non-proficiency. Uh, the problem is when you, the minute you put textbooks in teachers' and students' hands, the textbook becomes the course. And so then what becomes important to everybody is what's on page 32. And so the whole idea of a communicative classroom, a proficiency classroom, takes a backseat to what's on page 32. And, and then what happens, of course, that falls out from that is textbooks encourage traditional teaching. Well, what, I've got to practice what's on page 32, so what's the most efficient way to practice on uh, what's on page 32? Listen and repeat, fill in the blank, all those kinds of things. Um, and then you have standardized testing creeping in too, which you know, is largely focused on isolated vocabulary, grammar, and so on. Again, and the next thing you know, all the things that we know about communicative language teaching, proficiency-based teaching, and so on, take a backseat to the textbook. So we want to talk about the possibility of teaching without textbooks and what's that mean? And how do we get around textbooks if we want to? Again, the number to reach us if you want to talk about this topic with us is 517-884-4321. Again, 517-884-4321. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give everybody the SLA challenge question while we're waiting for people to think about their textbook situations. So here's the SLA challenge question. Ready out there? This is easy. This is a true or false question. Hmm. Okay, this is going to be easy. Everybody out there, you ready? We are. Okay, good. Walter, are you ready? Don't, He's shaking his Don't head. shake your head. People out there can't hear you shake. Well, actually, I can hear your head rattling I'm from here. I'm head but sinking. Your head sinking. All <laughs> right. Okay, so here's the SLA challenge question. True or false? Universal grammar is an innate learning device that guarantees successful language acquisition. I repeat, true or false? Universal grammar as an innate language, uh, is an innate learning device that guarantees successful language acquisition. Okay, you've got 10 minutes to call in for that and win a prize. Okay, again, the answer is true or false. Okay, we got a call on the line. We have Darren. 
calling from somewhere in Michigan. Darren, are you on the line? Uh, yes, I am. Hello, everybody. Hey, Darren. Is this Hello, Darren, Darren Darren or is this a different Hi, Darren? Darren? Um, the one that we uh, that you gave me a hug in your office two weeks ago. Oh, okay. So it's the Bewitched Darren. Uh, it's the Bewitched Darren. Y- yes. Yeah, so a long time no see, everybody. Yeah, well, Darren, don't be telling people I give hugs. They're going to want, want hugs for free. Right, right. Or, or who knows what they're thinking right now, what you and I were doing in my office. But it was just a hug, Walter. Well, it was just um, a hug. In lieu of just a simple handshake. Yeah, it was, it was a handshake, yeah. yes. All right. Yeah. So what's yeah. up, Darren? Why are you calling? What's going on? Well, I, I was going to be brief because I'm actually on the road and uh, trying to get home. And uh, I'm actually in Troy, Michigan, as we speak. Oh, so you can stop and, at Neiman uh, Marcus and uh, see what we're registered for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, walk around, see what, you know, Walter might like or Angelica, you know, it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, a little trinket, you know, that might be something Walter might like or whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, go to the sales section. Go to the sales section for them. I want you to go to the Gucci section for me, okay? So. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Actually, if you go down from Neiman Marcus, not too far from Neiman Marcus, I'm just outside the doors of the Armani store where I go to a lot. So you can go buy me something at Armani. Ask for Karen. She'll, okay. work, she'll, she'll work with you okay. on that. <laughs> so well, I'm, I well, I will uh, next time I come through Troy, which will be tomorrow. I will uh, I'll look into that. Well, great. Okay, so what's on your mind, Darren? Um, well, yeah, like I said, it was just kind of brief as far as like uh, yeah, not using the textbooks as the topic, and uh, you know, I think maybe you know that might be a little bit of a misconception that maybe uh, you know language teachers might think that uh, you know they they might not use the physical textbook themselves, you know. Um, and say, okay, we're not turning to page 220-whatever and do Act 42 in your notebook and things like that. But they might actually be using the textbook still in the sense that they're still using, you know, the word list and the grammar stuff of each quote-unquote thematic unit, even though they're not physically using the textbook. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And, um, well, that to me is still using so, the textbook, though. Right, because I mean, uh, because I was working with the language department just recently now um, that I'm working with at a school, and they say, yeah, we don't use the textbook, and uh, you know, there's like a stack of them like in their classroom, and it's just a class set, and they don't even open them, but they are still doing chapters one, two, three, four from that textbook in their own virtual or you know worksheet format or whatever. Right, right, and what I'm advocating is not even that. I'm advocating there's no chapter, there's no page you're on, there's nothing you refer to, there's no book period anywhere in your vicinity. That's what I'm advocating. Right. So. Right. And uh, and I guess that might lead into like maybe a future topic sometime on the show or something, or you know, open up for discussion of. So if we're not actually using, um, you know, units uh, from a textbook, and or virtually using them without the physical textbook itself, then let's say like a level one course of any language, Spanish, French, what have you, then maybe there's some sort of like, is there like an order in which we, you know, then what is, what is like, what, what goes beyond the textbook, your typical order, which, what kind of order can we create, you know, from the get go mm-hmm. with our students? Like, you know, what's the first, like, you know, I guess topics, if you want to call them that and, you know, introducing each other, asking where they're from, you know, start talking about interests so that, you know, what would be like maybe a better natural order in which we're going to expose them and create our own chapter, basically, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Exactly. And this is where, I'm not going to get into it now with you, Darren, but but later on, we have a little bit more time in the show, um, I'll bring back the topic of tasks, because I think tasks are a nice way to organize the way we think about a classroom without 
textbooks. So, um, yeah, but I, but yes, so the kinds of things you're talking about with some tasks and some other ideas um, that we'll, sh we'll, we'll toss out in a minute, um, I think is the way to go. Yeah. All right, well, well um, great. good talking to all of you, and uh, have a good day. Well, thanks, Darren. <laughs> thanks for calling too. in. Thanks, Darren. Bye, Darren. Drive, drive thanks, safe. Bye. Drive safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Da-dun, 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 da-dun. I love Darren. He's a great Dude. guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Okay, so, so I have a question for you. Yes. Is it, I mean, a real question? Is that yeah, question it's a from, real question. Is it a question from somebody out in the audience? It's a real question from someone out in the audience named Walter Hopkins. And wow. Walter Hopkins. No last names. Oh, sorry. No, no last, last names. names. My apologies. Walter is asking the question, don't you write textbooks? Uh-huh. So I want to hear what, I mean, okay, so you're, you're a textbook author, and I want to hear, so why is it, why is all of a sudden this change of, well, we shouldn't use textbooks, but you write them? Well, I don't write them anymore. Okay. The idea is that what I've learned is that you can't do in a textbook what you need to do. And every time an author goes with a terrific idea and says, we want to do this, we want to do that, the publisher tweaks it and tweaks it and tweaks it and focus groups it and focus groups it and so on and so forth until the product is no longer what the author really had in mind um, because they've got to sell a product. So, yeah. So... So there you go. There you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and, and here gentlemen. we have a comment on Mixler. Yes. Don't the textbooks serve as a resource? Sorry, a resource which students could quietly consult while learning in the classroom. The instructor could certainly pull up some information, a focus on the screen, but sometimes a student may be a step ahead or a step behind, and there are many who appreciate having a resource after the course is over. Well, that's what Google's for. Why do you need a textbook? Just Google. So if you want to know what, how the past tense works in German, just Google German present tense or past tense, it'll show up, right? Assuming you're teaching grammar. Yeah, assuming, or if you want to, yeah, if you want to know how to say something, you just look it up on Google. You don't need a textbook for that as a resource. We got plenty of internet resources. We don't need a textbook. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. um, all right, um, Walter, tell us what your reading is while, before we take our next call. Oh, you're going to show your reading with me? this? Yeah, it says right there on the screen. I'm getting a, a note. It says Walter segment right now. Oh, That's you, okay. Walter. Okay, I guess that means it's time for me. All right, I actually have two articles that I'm going to recommend this week. and uh, No, save one. We can do two. Well, no, but they're about the same topic, and so that's why All I want right, to do good. You only have two minutes. Go. Okay, two minutes. That's not fair. You got one minute per... Go, you get go. 55 <laughs> minutes, and I only get two? Yeah. <sighs> it's called Tea with BBP, not Tea with Walter. Go. <laughs> go. Go, Walter. You got two minutes. Go. <laughs> Coup d'etat. Um... One of them is written uh, by Audrey Heining Boynton, and it's called The Case for a Realistic Beginning Level Grammar Syllabus, The Round Peg in the Round Hole. All right, and this was published in Hispania in 2010, and it talks about this idea of, okay, so what is it that we're determining? Why is it that we're uh, teaching so many different things and trying to force all of this grammar to be taught in the first year of language learning? And uh, so it's very interesting. I think it's a it's definitely worth the give read. It to, give it to you to the audience. I like that. I've read that article. There's like I like the first sentence of the actual article. What does she say? In the it says we have read the reports. We comprehend the data from the research. We acknowledge that circumstances as we had known them have changed. The time has come to create a realistic grammar syllabus in our beginning language courses. Yet why do some in our profession profession insist that all grammar must be taught in the first year of language learning? Abundant data from decades of research on topics such as human memory. Memory, chunking, and second language acquisition, acquisition exist that overwhelmingly support not 
to do so, but rather to front-load language learning with only necessary grammar, the necessary grammar to have students communicate at the beginning, at a beginning appropriate level. There you go. Okay, one minute's up. Okay, ready for the next one? <laughs> so another one. <laughs> no offense to Henning Boynton. I like that article. It was a good, everybody should read that one, so. Yes, yeah, so that's I gotta a, keep Walter moving along here. here we this go. is my the life next one. Galica, every day in the <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think it's never mind. We won't go there. Approaches to grammar instruction in teaching materials, a study in current L2 beginning level Spanish textbooks. And this was written by Claudia Fernandez. And uh, similar approach, but here's what she says. The study explores how grammar instruction is conceptualized and applied in public sorry, in published Spanish materials. It sought to answer the following questions. What are the approaches to grammar instruction in current college-level beginning Spanish textbooks? How do they reflect current perspectives on grammar teaching? Six widely adopted Spanish textbooks were examined. The chapters presenting the Spanish preterite were arbitrarily selected for the analysis, which examined the presentation of explicit information of language data, as well as the types of activities offered to learners to begin the acquisition of the grammatical feature. So anyway, those two... Uh, uh, this partic particularly, this last one is definitely taking a look at grammar. Uh, sorry, at uh, textbooks and saying how is it approaching grammar. So, two articles be interesting to contribute to the conversation on what about textbooks? Yeah, because why do we use them in the classroom? Well, those both those articles have implications for textbooks. So I'm glad you brought those to everybody's attention. And what attention. are those implications? Well, we're not going to deal with them right now. I mean, like well, you know, we got callers on the line here, <laughs> oh, Walter, because okay. well. you took too long talking about those. So now we got people queued up here. Poor Dustin, he needs eight arms. He's trying to answer the phone here. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay, Walter, we love you. You know we do. More in my I'm luggage. I'm going to lip sync for the rest of the show. I love you more in my luggage. Name that movie. Steel Magnolia. Yay, he got one right. <laughs> okay, we got Christy calling from Michigan. Christy, are you on the line? I am on the Michigan line. Michigan is representing hey, Christy. Oh, wait, Hi, man. Christy. That's okay. We got somebody in a minute who's not from Michigan. So, Christy, what's going on? How's Where, where, are, you, where um, are you calling from? I'm calling from Dexter, Michigan. I'm calling from my classroom right in the high school where I work. Oh, so I have to watch my language. Okay. <laughs> nope. No students here. Oh, okay. Well, then, good. I can, I Cleared can say them all out. Okay. There yeah, you go. So they're done <laughs> for the day. So, so what you calling I'm about? I'm really excited to be calling. Well, I'm calling about the fact that I moved away from using textbooks, I think, about four years ago. Mm -hmm. And it has been the best thing I've ever done. Oh. And what I do in class now is so much more important. I, you know, really see my students developing proficiency. And I don't have to be tied down to those unimportant things that are in the textbooks that don't really help them acquire language. So well, good for I you. What, it. Was it hard at the beginning to make that transition from a textbook to non-textbook? Um, I think, yes, it was hard. And some of what was hard, what sort of eased me into moving away from a textbook is that I had gone to a Blaine Way conference and I learned about TPRS and started using that. Saw Carol Gobb, started doing some more with it. And so that sort of initiated me into moving away from the textbook. Mm -hmm. And so I was having a lot of fun with that, but it was hard because it's so much creation. Yeah. And um, over time, as I've moved away from using the textbook, I do realize there's more and more I have to create. And now that I really get into my standards and really try to follow them, I realize it's a, you know, it's a tall order, but I'm willing to do the work because I know that it's the right thing to do. Yeah, That's it, great. it is. Yeah, you're right. Well, kudos to you for doing the work because it is tough. And if you teach lots of different classes, um, like if you teach 
three Spanish right. ones and two Spanish twos in a day, for example, then, you know, it's not too bad because you've got you're only two preps, right? But if you've got four yeah. or five preps, then it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. And so my recommendation to people if you've got lots of preps is don't do it all at once. Like pick a course, work on that one, right. write a textbook, and let the other ones go. Uh, you know, do it that a bit of, so you know, true. room yeah, is not a I've been day. very fortunate to have no more than two preps throughout this, so that helps there you a go. lot. There but, you go. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing that story, Krista. We really like to hear from people about that kind of stuff and, and that they have success Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to my colleagues at Dexter High School because we've all made this switch and, you know, there's a lot of growing pains to move from the ways that we all used to teach to the way we teach now. Uh-huh. And I have a bunch of great colleagues. Well, great, Chris. If you have not presented this at Myola, our 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 state conference, I'm presenting. I've presented oh, for the wonderful. past two years. Good. Seen you, and this year, I'm presenting a workshop. Great, excellent. excellent. Good for you. Well, I'm going to yeah. be looking for you this yeah, November. Yeah, and I've even gone bar hopping uh, with Angelica. Nice. I'm going to do that again this All year. All right. <laughs> well, I'll be there. I don't know if I'll be hopping. You'll be dragging me from bar to bar, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, okay. thanks for calling in. No problem. Okay. Thanks Say so hi to everybody at Dexter for us. Okay. I will. Okay. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye, Christy. I love that. I love that people are already out there teaching without textbooks. This is great. Walter, why are you making a face? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Somebody glued his lips together while I wasn't looking. Well, we have like, hey, no, nobody's lip syncing. Nobody's called in. Nobody's called in on the SLA <laughs> challenge question yet. We got that SLA challenge can you, question. Can you out repeat there. that question, please? I will repeat the question. True or false? Universal grammar is an innate learning device that guarantees successful language acquisition. I expect. I mean, I can think of. I can think of like ten people I know out there who are listeners who would answer that right away. They're not calling in. Um, <clears throat> they should. We got great prizes. We're going to give Walter's car away today. Just kidding. Wow, who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I see. I knew I could get Walter to say something finally. Look at that. <laughs> okay, we've got another caller on the line. <laughs> we have Kingston from California calling. Kingston, are you on the line? Yeah, hello? Hey, Kingston. What an, I, I love your name. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, is it, do, you, do you have a nickname or does everybody call you Kingston? Sometimes people call me King, but it's, it's, it's usually Kingston. Anybody call you King Kong? <laughs> no, thank God. And they call you <laughs> King. Well, no, everybody gets a nickname. Like you should see the nicknames they gave me growing up. It's a Mexican thing. We get right. Daniel's look at me. Well, Daniel, don't you have a nickname in Mexico? We all. Have, that's what we grow up with. We all have nicknames. Like I was Lecherito, little milkman, because I was so white for Mexican. <laughs> so they, I, they kept all my cousins kept telling me that I looked like it was the milkman's boy. <laughs> so all my they, so they call me my family Lecherito, little milkman. Anyway, sorry about that, Kingston's. It's okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Where are you calling from? What part of California? Uh, Rancho Cucamonga, right near Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I know where that is. Hmm. Yeah, so what's, what's but, up? What are you calling about? Yeah, but just to talk about the um, subject, um, I actually just graduated high school, so it's glad to actually listen to you guys live since I was getting trouble listening to you guys in class. <laughs> but um, uh, relating to the textbooks, uh, this is actually my fifth year. I just started college in Spanish. Uh-huh. But um, of the four years in high school I learned Spanish, one of those years I did learn without a textbook. And I felt like as a student, you know, I'd have actually absorbed more because there was more of a connection between the students and the teacher rather between the student, the textbook, and the teacher. So I feel like more things could be absorbed by the students and it was more memorable, the conversations we had. And I feel like the textbooks, anything that they teach, for example, vocab, like it can obviously be like incorporated within the lesson that the teacher is giving without the textbook. Mm-hmm. Say there's like a set amount of words that the students would like would need to learn. The teacher doesn't need to 
make the students read off the words and repeat after her from the textbook rather than just incorporate those words in the conversation of the day between the students and the teacher so I feel like they can remember it better. Yeah. Well, that's an, we, we, I'm glad that a student perspective is calling in today. That's, oh, that's great. Fantastic. I never thought about that yeah. idea. That Kingston just gave me a great insight about how the textbook sort of mediates between teachers and students in a way we hadn't thought about. That's, uh, that's a really great perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, just from a student's perspective, I think it, they absorb more mm-hmm. by, by throwing another perspective in there. And you say, are you, are you in college now, or you, started, you just started college? Yeah, I just started my first year in college, my fifth year of Spanish. Okay, and so are you using a textbook in that class? Yeah, we went right back to textbooks. And okay. I, I had it's, um, the switch from not using textbook back to using a textbook. It's definitely less fun. I still absor- I'm still absor- absorbing a good amount of vocab, but it's definitely it's a bit more difficult, I should say. Like, I find myself studying more than, um, you know, studying more often. But right. Yeah, that's it. Well, I found I found last semester. Um, um, I asked. I actually didn't ask my students this. Um, the way the way you're talking about it, I asked them because um, we didn't use a textbook in my course, and I asked them what it was like to not have a textbook. And what they said was they felt like they could th- that they were more engaged during the class than if we had a textbook. Yeah, of course, it's and, way more liberating without a textbook. Yeah, and so that was, that was a perspective I got from my students that was really that was really cool in the sense that and that's kind of what you're saying, but a different way. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, good luck in your Spanish course. Keep up with it. Um, Thank you so much. And call in sometime. Have your teacher call us if you want, but you're free to call in anytime. We'd love to have that student perspective. Good for you. All right, perfect. Thank you. Okay. Hey, Kingston, how did you find out about Tea with BVP as a My language teacher, student? The one who taught without the textbook actually listens in. So. Nice. Oh. <laughs> ah, okay. Cool. All right. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks All right, for then. calling, Kingston. Thanks, okay. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, that's, that's great. I love it when students, we talk to students and mm-hmm. they, um, and he just called in in his own. It wasn't even a teacher's class calling in. So, all right. We have any, uh, Walter. What? What's on the email? Why is nobody calling in for the, for the question? What I is don't this? know. Maybe I should throw the diva challenge question out. That might be, I think people are afraid because I said universal grammar, like it's something just, just, and they're probably arguing with each other. Have you looked at Mixler or people There's arguing? There's nothing. No. Okay, so some, someone's going to call in about it. I'm going to go ahead and throw out the Diva Challenge question, too. Might as well get them both out there. People can call in a one. Okay, like so it. we'll have two questions floating out there. Okay, so here's the Diva Challenge question before Walter gets to the emails. Um, the Diva Challenge question is this. Which singer-actress slash diva uttered this famous opening line of a movie? Hello, gorgeous. And I'm not doing the accent because I was just going to say, away. can you do the accent? I'm not going to do it because it'll give it away. So again, here's the question: Which singer-actress/slash diva uttered this famous opening line of a movie? Hello, gorgeous. Okay, Colin, you, if you got the answer for that, would you mind repeating the SLA question again, too? God, for the tenth time. It's only people, the third time. People should have it memorized by now. Okay, <laughs> so this is a true or false SLA challenge question. True or false. Universal grammar. Universal grammar is an innate learning device that guarantees successful language acquisition. Maybe you should type it and put it on a mix list so people can see it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so. She can't remember it either. She's I, well, I, got, I got it right here. She can just, I got it in front of her. She can just type it in. <laughs> All right. I've got an email. Uh, but we have a caller. Oh, well, we have a caller now. Oh, he can wait. No, he can't. No, he can't. Should we make him wait? No. Should we make him wait? No. Should we make him wait? No. No. Only if he's going to no. go to Nima Marcus. Give us a present for our anniversary. <laughs> hey, we got a call from Mikey. Is Mikey on the line? 
Hey, this is Mikey. Mikey, hey, Mikey. from Arizona. A long time no talk hey. to you. Yeah, it, it's been a while. Yeah. I want to do a, I do not, I'll just be clear, I do not want to take the SLA challenge. <laughs> but I wanted to call in uh, and just tell people that, that are listening, like, you guys are the real deal. Uh, and as opposed, my, to the, know, as opposed to the fake deal? I mean, <laughs> no, well, my, my point is, is, you know, I came through Michigan and I got to see each of you. Uh, you guys stopped by and worked with teachers. Bill, you came by and worked with teachers for a couple hours and shared your time. And that, that is, you know, it's not just, uh, it's not just radio talk. You guys go out there and mix it up and, and, and interact with these teachers. And, uh, I just think Michigan State is so lucky to have you. I think our all of us teachers are lucky to have you. So I wanted to call and give a uh, tea with BVP air high five to the three of you. Oh, Aww, well, you are so sweet, Mike. I'm going to send you a present now. Well, you don't know. I don't need a present. But It won't be my car, you though. Just, <laughs> you, you guys are just awesome. You, you've made time. I know you've all made time all summer. And hearing Walter's story of traveling with students, and Gallica's traveling with students to Germany, stuff you did all summer, it's just it's just awesome to have that kind of interaction with university people. And you guys are, as you guys are not above. Well, thank you for saying that. When you interact with them, you're 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 just totally approachable and awesome. Well, you know, that's kind of what we do. You know, Angelica works for the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, where that she does outreach stuff from that center. Walter and I um, run the Spanish language program and work with students and work with teachers, instructors, and teaching assistants all the time. It's kind of what we do. We like doing it, and we like doing what everybody we can do it with. So, yeah, yeah. it's well, fun. Well, you guys are lucky, and uh, it was cool for me to visit Michigan State this summer, and they, the Michigan State is lucky to have... <clears throat> the three of you and tea with BVP. I hope I hope they realize it. Oh well, thank you for saying that. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. All right, Mikey. Well, unless you're going to chit chat right, some more about textbooks, you sure you don't want to take the SLA challenge question? Oh no, I'll leave it for someone else. I just wanted to call in, and say hi, keep up. Looking forward to a, a, the, the whole year of tea with BVP. Great oh, job, awesome. guys. Thanks, Thanks Mikey. Mikey. Okay, talk to you soon, Mikey. Take care, Be Mikey. Bye bye. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that sweet? I like oh, Mikey. Mikey. You know, I did not pay him to do that. You know. Uh, neither did right. I. I, I. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, did okay. you, Walter? I surely didn't. <laughs> okay. I don't have any money. How could I pay him to do this? <laughs> do we have an email question, Walter, before well, we take the next Well, this is actually a call? story. Uh, okay. This is from Faith, who called in last week. And oh, she... Faith. She was the one that had that problem student, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said, I called last week to get some support with a student who was, getting s- who was being sour week one of class. I just yeah. wanted to give mm-hmm. you an update. So here's her update. I spoke Love with updates. him. That afternoon, right after I called you all, we chatted about his behavior and I emphasized how I wanted him to have a positive experience in class. I learned that he only understood about half of what I was saying in Spanish, so I have to make myself much more comprehensible. I also moved his friend so that they can no longer hold nonverbal conversations from across the room together. Since then, he's been great. He's respectful. He works hard in class. He's not calling negative attention to himself. I am pleased. Thanks all for your support. That's Yours awesome. in language Good for Faith. Faith. Good, Good that she, she yeah. talked to him like we suggested. And then look what she found out. That's great. That he was acting up because he wasn't, he wasn't feeling successful. Mm-hmm. He wasn't understanding enough. Yep. He felt like so he was acting out. Because he didn't know as a teenager how to just go to his teacher and say, look, I'm having trouble. Yep. 
And so she reacts. Look at that's great. That's great. Good for you, Faith. Good for you, Faith. Yay, like Faith. All right. Oh, look. We had faith in you, and you did it. <laughs> oh, Walter, you're so cute. And she gets that all the time. <laughs> I'm sure she does. She put people by going, who are your sisters, Charity and Hope? <laughs> okay. Um, oh, look, we got somebody who wants to take the SLA uh, question. We have Jason calling to take the SLA question. Jason, you on the line? I'm, I'm on the line. Can you hey, hear me? Jason, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Laguna Beach, California. Laguna Beach, which is always weird to me because Laguna and beach just don't go together. But that's, you know, that's mm. a card. Yeah. Right. True. You know, that's true. I, I know. It, it's, it's kind of an odd name, but it's a beautiful place. So it is a beautiful place. Out. It's a beautiful place. So you're going to take Desolate Question, huh? I actually thought I, I really wanted to do the Diva, but I'll do either one. Okay. Well, we got, looks like somebody else wants to call for the Diva one. So can I make you do the SLA question? Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna, I've I'm gonna, forgotten what it is. Well, I'm <laughs> going to. I always repeat it for the person calling in, so that's not a problem. Here we go. Ready? Again, it's true right. or false. Not maybe, but true or false. Universal grammar is an innate learning device that guarantees successful language acquisition. Hmm. Guarantee sounds so strong. Um, I'd say it's, it, it, it facilitates successful language acquisition potentially, but I think if we say guarantee, then it has to be false. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Good for you. Yes, that is, of course, false. Um, a lot of people think that's what universal grammar is supposed to do, but it doesn't. Universal grammar constrains language acquisition. It shapes and guides language in certain ways, but it doesn't guarantee anything. In fact, you hit it right on the head, Jason, that the nail on the head that nothing, nothing can guarantee successful language acquisition. It's too complex to be guaranteed by anything. Good for you. Yay! We got somebody Yay. to take the question. All right, Jason, what would you like from our storehouse and treasure trove of gifts? Do you have any uh, um, of our stuff yet? Have you gotten any prizes yet? I, I, do. I have a tote bag and I have coasters and uh, I'll, take, I'll take anything. You take anything. Okay, Walter's, Walter's car is up for grabs. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to have it smogged for California and all that kind of stuff, but it's okay, right, Walter? Right. Walter right. will actually drive it out. He's going to take three days off from work and drive it out to California for you. So, just I'm kidding, so Walter. I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. Actually, I, I had some gossip on textbooks in case you have time for it. Well, we do because I think our next caller can wait two or three minutes while you give us the gossip. And don't forget, stay on the line. Um, give your information to Dustin afterwards, and, and we'll just surprise you with a present. How's that? Sure. That'd be great. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, what's your gossip about textbooks? Well, I'm, I'm fascinated with this topic and something I talk a lot with other teachers about, and it's even come up in conferences, different settings. Uh, I, I like to say chucked the textbook well over a decade ago, and I know that that's just a terrifying idea for a lot of people. But I see the textbook as, a, as not only does it not really facilitate communication and language acquisition, often I think it's a tool to prevent engagement or even, um, even like a tool for classroom management. And I think psychologically we have to look at how is the textbook being used and why is it being used. Mm -hmm. um, the gossip piece that I have is that, no name, but years ago I was at a major conference and I happened to be having dinner with someone who is an editor for a major publisher that produces textbooks for language instruction. And maybe there was a little too much wine in vino veritas 
But I asked the question, why, pretty much along the lines of, of the article that you mentioned by uh, Audrey Henning, uh, Henning Boynton, I yeah. forget her name, Henning great Boynton. lady. I, I asked, why is there so much vocabulary? Why is there so much content in textbooks? And the answer she told me, this, this editor said, sales. She said, let me be honest. When I was in the classroom, just like you, I didn't use the textbook. We all know that a lot of really good teachers do not use textbooks. She said, but in order to sell, we have to put a lot of vocabulary in it. We have to put a lot of grammar, a lot of content. Otherwise, teachers won't buy them. They're not happy. And I think that's just liberating to know that the teachers are the market, not the students, and that it's, it's not designed um, to, it's designed to sell, not to um, facilitate communication. Right. Right. Uh, you know, not to toot my own horn here, but Jason, but actually I wrote about that way back in 1998, about the, that cyclic nature of textbook sales and teacher expectations and sales and teacher expectations. And so um, that editor was was not saying anything that I don't think people kind of could have guessed or known or probably heard before. So, But I'm glad that she fessed up over a glass of wine to you. That's great. I do, I do think it's surprising to a lot of teachers, though. Uh, and and I and I know that a lot of teachers are forced to use textbooks. I've even been in an interview where I was asked point blank, "Will you use the textbook?" Right. And people seem surprised when you answer with, "Well, actually, second language acquisition um, doesn't support textbooks in their current form really being used in in world language classes, especially in the beginning levels." So. Well, I'm going to toss one thing out, provocative and, 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 and sort of controversial here, because it's kind of my job. Um, and it's not to you, Jason, it's just to the audience out there, that I think one of the problems we have in the field in terms of teacher education and educating people to be language teachers more generally is we don't really teach them to be language teachers. We teach them to be textbook users. Exactly. And so we need to look at our, our educational models for, for teachers and, and act and talk about how ca how can we stop doing that and and because and I don't think people mean get, to I don't think people mean to, yeah I don't think um, people mean to do that. Go okay. ahead. No, go ahead. Here, here in Southern California, we're um, we've got some interesting programs. For example, Cal State Long Beach. Um, I'm going to be doing a demonstration that I do a couple times a year for student teachers. And they're really, the professor there is really looking at your principles of language acquisition, what does it mean to acquire language, mm -hmm. um, and really looking at different models and not just a, a training teachers to teach with textbooks, but really training teachers to communicate with students. Right. So there, there's a lot of progress happening. It just yeah. seems like it was slow and coming. Yeah, we'll keep chipping away at it. We'll keep chipping away, and hopefully we can reach out to more people. People just need, sometimes, you know, Jason, people just need permission. Oh, you mean I can teach with it? I don't need a textbook? Well, not necessarily. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. people just Thanks need permission to try. Permission. Thanks for your show. Okay. All right, Jason. Okay. Um, have a good day. Bye, Jason. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was nice. It, you know, when he was talking at the beginning, Jason, it reminded me of what Kingston said mm -hmm. earlier about, he, he made the connect about the textbook gets in the way of the student. How, how did Jason say it? Something the textbook gets in the way of communicating between mm -hmm. teacher and student. That's kind of what Kingston was saying, that the textbook got in the way of the connection between the teacher and the student. So we're getting some interesting perspectives on this stuff today. Angelica. Yes. You need to give us a quote for the day. We haven't talked to you yet about your, fa your quote. Yes. My and then we're going to go to the phone after that. My quote today was actually sent in by a listener, by oh, really? Eric. Yep. Oh. So if anybody wants to send in a quote for me to share, um, send one along. 
teawithbvp at gmail.com. So the quote today is from Michael Long. This is from the Handbook for Language Teaching, which was published in 2009 um, by Michael Long and Catherine Doughty. And here goes the quote. Some textbooks are based on years of classroom experience, precious few on theory or research findings in SLA or education, and many on little more than chutzpah and the pundits or publishers' desire for a healthier bank balance. Ooh, sounds like you're just talking to Jason. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Michael Long is a really well-known second language researcher. He was part of the founding field back in the early 80s. Did a lot of work early on on what's called the interaction hypothesis and, and then later on other kinds of things. Um, and he's at the University of Maryland. And it's for him to write that and put it in print. That's that's chutzpah to put that in print. Mm-hmm. Good for Michael. Yeah. I like the go- we all are coming up with some good thematic stuff today. That's great. Yep. Well, good. Well, thank you for that quote. If anybody Absolutely. wants to comment on the quote, let us know. Um, okay, we got uh, oh, we got another call coming in. Good, that's what I thought. We have Brian calling. Brian, are you on the line? I am here. Hey, Brian, where are you calling from? I'm calling from just east of you guys, Howell. I talked to you guys last year, actually. Oh, just Brian from Howell. Howell, Michigan. That's right. <laughs> Come on, Brian, Howell for us. Go ahead, do it. Howell. Howell. Nice. Oh, the nice. things I can get people to do, I tell you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, I, oh, it says to, it says on the screen here that you're going to do the uh, diva question. I am ready. You're ready for the diva question. This I is believe so. Awesome, and then we'll then we'll chit chat with you after you win because I want to find out a little bit Sounds more about good. it. Okay, so the uh, question is this: Which singer, actress, slash diva uttered this famous opening line of a movie? Hello, gorgeous. The answer is. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand, correct. Ding, 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 nice. ding, ding, ding. Nice. Well done. And like butter. <laughs> like butter. Okay, now here's for, okay, now that's, now you get your set of coasters, but we're going to send you something else if you can answer this question for me. There's, it's a two-part okay. question. Name the movie. Funny Girl. Funny Girl. Now, name a song from the movie. Oh, man. Wow. That, I, I, Top of my head, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Oh, my gosh. Um, we'll have to have movie. Come to my uh, house. We'll have movie night. <laughs> okay. Hey, give me a call. Give me an email. I'm yeah, really? I'm serious, man. <laughs> Don't tell me not to live. Just sit and... Does that ring a bell to you? Vaguely. Don't Vaguely. rain... I listen to a lot of alternative rock music. It's been a while. <laughs> since <laughs> oh, you know, she did an alternative <laughs> rock album. No, no, she didn't. No, that, uh, Don't Rain on My Parade is from that. Remember Don't Rain on My Parade? Yep. That's from, okay. And then also, yep. uh, oh, there's a bunch of famous ones from that. But, um, and she actually said, Walt, do you remember how she said Hello Gorgeous at the beginning of the movie? She looks in the mirror and she goes, Hello Gorgeous. No. <laughs> Walt has no never idea. seen the movie. She goes, Hello Gorgeous. <laughs> Don't you remember that? And when she got her Oscar for the movie, she grabbed at the Oscar, looked at it in front of the camera. She goes, Hello Gorgeous to the Oscar. And everybody laughed. Go. Anyway, so, well, Brian, so, Brian, are you a teacher? Yes. What do you teach? Teach Spanish. Teach Spanish. I have, uh, like, Spanish 3, 4, and AP this year. Oh, great. So and, how's that um, going for you? Last year, when I called in, based on all the discussions from TVT with BVP, I started the transition towards the comprehensible input classroom, communicative classroom, at the end of last year, and um, I'm picking up where I left off this year. And um, so far, uh, the kids seem to be really excited about it. Um, as they were last year, and um, I'm looking forward. It's funny, the, the topic of textbooks here is 
I've pretty much shelved the textbooks and I'm creating a lot of um, all actually all of my lessons um, using communicative communicative tasks and comprehensible input. And I've got a couple of the other teachers on board as well. We do a little professional development at the end of the year. So we are collaborating together to um, not only, you know, make this transition from the traditional language teaching, but also are discussing the idea of having students give us topics that they would like to talk about because uh-huh. it would be much more interesting to them if, uh, you know, if it's something that's interesting to them because they can maybe more willing to learn, I would imagine. Right, right. I mean, I remember one time, the first time I taught without a textbook in a, in a Spanish class, this was back in Urbana, um, University of Illinois. And I was uh, doing a demo class for, um, so that TAs and, and other people could watch the class. And uh, I remember, you know, te- textbook, their daily routines are the reflexive verbs, right? So like, you know, get up, brush your teeth, like, you know, anybody cares about that kind of stuff, take a shower, that's not daily routines. So actually what I did is I, 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 I just polled 100 students and I said, write out in 10 sentences what your daily routine is. And it was really interesting because it was like across the board, I got get up and go to bed. <laughs> the, you know, that's how they frame their daily routines. They talked about things like, you know, go to class, go to work, you know, go to the gym. All that kind of. And so you go, okay, so this is what a student's daily routine is. So I wound up building the unit that week around the kinds of things that they were telling me was their daily routine. Isn't that a novel idea, Brian, to ask students what it is Absolutely. their lives are and what they want to talk about, and, you know? So anyway, yeah. So. I hope you encourage them to brush their teeth. <laughs> I don't tell anybody about personal hygiene, Come Walter. On now. Why would I talk to anybody about their personal hygiene? That's rude. You, you want to make sure that if they're t- having a conversation with you, that their breath is not, you know, causing you trouble. Well, I would just say, I anything. would just say, would you like some gum, Walter? Would you like some gum, by the way? <laughs> Poor oh, Brian has boy. to be in on this conversation. Oh, Brian, sorry, we're Brian. so sorry. We're so sorry, Brian. Well, I brush my teeth every day, so you don't have to worry about me. Well, I'm Wonderful. glad to thank hear you. it. Well, thank you. I brush mine three times a day and floss at night. How's that? There you go. Wow. Well, Brian, stay in the line because uh, Dustin's going to take your information so that we can send you a nice set of coasters and something else, maybe a tote bag or something else. So um, give, give Dustin your information, and we will get that out to you. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for calling, and keep listening. Keep up the good work. We will do our best. Great. Thanks, Bye, Brian. Brian. All right. Bye-bye. That's, I just, God, I look at all these people of Michigan calling in and, and not teaching without, yeah, representing teaching without textbooks and doing things with their students. And I'm really impressed. We need to have a little, like, mini symposium here some weekend for these people mm-hmm. at the Kellogg Center or something. Put Get some money together and Tea have with them in BBP here. listeners from Michigan? No, and th- but talk state. about a little symposium about teaching without textbooks and have people share their stories and do some demos. Well, we can do some stuff from our perspective with tasks and how to use tasks to teach without a textbook. And I think it could be cool. Maybe we can organize can that. Can Celta sponsor it? We c- well, maybe my will can sponsor it. <laughs> my will should sponsor that. We could do that. So... I have a, a question here on email if you're interested. I'm always interested All in right, questions on email. From Tim, and Tim is from Massachusetts. He's actually the president-elect of the Massachusetts Foreign Language Association. Oh, well, just punch me in the face and call me Joe Lewis. I, he's, he's the president-elect of Massachusetts. We need to talk to him. All right. Well, here's what he says. He says, first of all, big fan of the show. Going to, miss, going to miss it on Thursday, but have a question. Okay. We have done lots of work with thematic units and are just about 90% textbook free. Teachers still struggle with the idea of grammar as a concept and if and when they should ever revert back to any grammar drills. I'd love to hear your answer and I'll listen to the podcast even if you don't answer my question. 
Oh, Thanks, Tim. well, Tim, of course <laughs> I'm going to answer your question because that's a terrific question. The question, if I understand it correctly, was if and when teachers should revert back to grammar and grammar drills. Correct. But uh, he's just saying, he's basically saying that some of the teachers still struggle with that idea right. as, of grammar as a concept and when they should right. or if they should revert back to grammar drills. The answer is never. You never drill. Drilling is just a waste of time. Uh, if I understand, if we're using, see, drill is one of those words that to me has had a very technical meaning to it. And so um, uh, drill is something you should just not do. It's just an absolute waste of time. Um, now, Maybe we'll have an. Uh, we talked about this last year, but maybe I'll bring this back up. Maybe we'll have a in a couple weeks. We'll have a um, a show about focus on form again, which is how it is that you treat grammar as it comes up incidentally, or how you incorporate it in meaningful stuff without really focusing on the grammar itself. And uh, I can share my experiences with my first textbook, Walter, um, Savias K, where we didn't have paradigms. We didn't teach. Hablo, hablas, habla, hablamos, hablais, hablan, for example, in chapter one. Um, you didn't get that. Um, so what do we do instead? And I can share that with people. Um, because there's ways to get people information about how the language works without getting them information about how the language works. Um, I, I just think that people haven't, they can't think outside the box because they actually think that what's on page 32 is what winds up in your head. And so until you get people to understand that what's on that page is not what winds up in your head, then it's hard for them. They, that's why they struggle, I think. So we need do you have to, something against page 32? I just, I just, <laughs> I do. That's my. We've, we've had comments about that on Mixler. Oh, it's really? Always <laughs> page 32. Because I have, I'm, I'm Alice. I'm having Alice moments. If I don't stick to the same page, I mm. won't remember. <laughs> if I say page 349, I won't remember tomorrow I said page 349. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a quote from page 32 for next week. Okay, there you go. Of what book? Just I any don't know. random book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just get a language textbook and find out what's on yep. page 32. And then we'll talk about page 30. But no, really, I mean, okay, get, okay you guys give me a different page number then. You guys no, are, 32 you is fine. I like 32. Well, then who's commenting on a mixed line? I want to know who they are. Give me their names. <laughs> I'm not going to give you their names. I want to know. I want to know. No, I'm going to go. Look it up I'm going to go. I'm going to look them up, Shh, man. Don't tell them. I've got people everywhere. <laughs> I've got Tim now. He's the president elect of Massachusetts. I'm going to send him after these people. <laughs> Tim's going to have my back on page 32. <laughs> Any more, uh, any more questions or? Uh, yeah, I think we got we're, we got like about I mean, two. We got like a f yeah, I have uh, something four too. more minutes or so. Yeah, what's um, on Mixler? So Kevin on Mixler, he said, I agree with BVP on something needs to be done with teacher education. In the meantime, I also think that training quality administrators is also very important. After all, uh, all of the decisions, whether primary or secondary, lie in the hands of administrators. If administrators themselves don't have a better understanding about how language acquisition works, then how can we expect to change the textbook problem? There you go. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, that's actually something we talked about at the AATSP annual meeting this summer. Um, because we did a panel, two, two other people, uh, Paul Mandel and Joe Barcraft, and I did a panel called The Conspiracy Against Language Acquisition and What to Do About It. And we, we call it that tongue-in-cheek, but we really we're getting at this issue of how is it, why, why is it that there seems to be in institutionalized education, whether it's K through 12 or university, whatever you want to call what we do, what levels we teach, um, this, this block toward acquisition and communication and so on and and um, in the classroom. Why is it that you have to teach the grammar and test the grammar and teach vocabulary and test vocabulary? So why is that? Why is it this? And so we're looking at all kinds of things. And one of the things 
that we talked about was the need to educate at the university level, deans and provosts and department chairs and things like that. And then in the, in the secondary context, for example, and same is true for elementary, administrators, superintendents, and also parents. And so I think we need to start doing some regional things where we, we could start here in Michigan with MyWillow, for example. Mm -hmm. Those of you who don't know what MyWillow is, that's the Michigan World Language Association, where we actually say we are going to have a Wednesday afternoon thing at 3 o'clock, for example, at such, and such, a name, at, such a and, at such and such a school <laughs> where we can invite 10 to 20 superintendents, principals, and so on, and we talk about this. Mm. Or we can do a Skype kind of thing, whatever. And we just need to start doing that. It's kind of yeah. like what Mikey said. You know, Those of us at the university need to be doing more of this outreach stuff, and, mm -hmm. and, and teachers need help talking to their principals. And, and at the university level, people need help talking to their deans and their, and their um, department chairs. So, um, and since I know the person who is involved in Myrilla intimately, I think that we could probably get some of that done. <laughs> so, anyway, we need to work on that. I agree. I agree. I like that. That's a good comment. Thank you for bringing that up. Anything else? Do we have any short questions? I do have a short question. Who right are you calling here? short? <laughs> wow. This one's from John. And it doesn't say where John is from, but John in email land says, if a level two teacher in a district uses a textbook as their curriculum, shouldn't the level one teacher in that district also use a textbook to prepare students for the level two teacher? Um, well, you should technically have some kind of coordinated curriculum. If teachers aren't talking to each other and doing the same thing, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. You do. Um, but I would flip it around and say, well, is if the level one teacher isn't using a textbook, shouldn't the level two teacher not use a textbook? Mm -hmm. That's the way I would phrase it. I wouldn't phrase it the other way. I would phrase it. I would phrase it with not using a textbook. So there, there, John. How do you like that answer? No, what? seriously. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be facetious. I really do. And again, Walter's correct. I'm a textbook author. I have been, but I really do see that textbooks can get in the way because they're not what they need to be for us. So. We need to wrap up soon, you guys. Look what time it is already. My God, we have like a minute and a half, what, a minute and a half left? I gotta start doing acknowledgements and thanking people. Who should I thank? Me. Thank you, Angelica. You're welcome. Oh, you're so sweet, I love you. All right, I'm gonna start our long list of acknowledgements. You ready? Walter, you wanna hear? You do them, you read them. You want me to read them? No, I'm gonna do them. Okay, pass okay. them on over. All right. <laughs> okay, first we always thank our technical producer, Daniel Trago, who's there. Um, nimbly, nimbly moving his fingers along the keyboards. Our media producer, Luca Giappone, who handles all of our PR work and uh, does our website for us. Thank you, Luca. Our talented and very trusted call handler, a very trustworthy man, um, Dustin DeFelice, who's back there. Hey, Dustin, nice to see you again. Our great assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney, who's a PhD student in Second Language Studies here. Jeff you're a good guy. We love you. We'd like to thank the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State, especially our dean, Christopher Long. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, assuming we had some, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And of course, we always thank all of you listeners out there as well. Next week, well, we don't know what our topic is next week. We're going to surprise you again with our little newsletter on Monday. So until then, have a great weekend. I know everybody started the school year. I hope it started great for everybody. And in the meantime, happy second language acquisition and happy second language teaching to all. Okay, Regis. Okay, Kathy. Say goodbye. 
Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Bis nächste Woche. Oh, you little wannabes. I love ya. You're so cute. Walter, why are you shaking your head? Did you say goodbye? I didn't hear you. I said goodbye. Okay, good. I heard I'm going. Bye, everybody. Have a Bye. great weekend.